Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, alrighty then. Hey everybody, welcome to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is technically Songs and Stories episode number 146. And if that older theme music is any indication, yes, this is a reboot episode, and we'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, Before we get to that, I hope that spring has been treating you well. It's been busy out here on the West Coast, and... uh, Funny though, if you if you follow me on oh, Facebook, might get my email list, or you look at the website, or maybe you actually see me gasp in the real world, you'll know that I haven't been playing much. I kind of took spring off for a number of reasons. Uh, one is that I'm so busy with everything else that I'm doing, and had a little minor minor health thing that just made me put the brakes on. Everything's fine, and I'm actually looking out for gigs this summer, and and got a couple of things booked and some tentative stuff, so I'll be out there playing as well. Uh, in the meantime, I've been really busy, my wife and I, with this art, the series we do at the Corlitas Cultural Center. We did two shows this month. We did, we had Audrey Ald play her own fundraiser on um, April 17th. And then last week, Gurf Morlicks, the Austin producer and songwriter, who was on the show about a year ago, and Blackie Farrell played a, just a wonderful show. And if you've never heard of Blackie Farrell, he wrote songs like Sonora's Death Row and Mama Hated Diesels and, and has never recorded an album until recently. Before the show, I got to sit with him and Gurf and had a private audience, and they played a little bit, and we recorded a really cool interview for a podcast I'll probably put together in June when Blackie's album comes out. We'll kind of do it for Gurf's new record, Eating At Me, and Blackie's new record, too, so that'll be around in June, and if you want to find out about that, subscribe to my podcast or my mailing list at michaelgaither.com, and you'll find out. What I've also been doing a lot is having fun with video. I did a couple of shows early this year that I finally got some good multi-camera videos. There's a a lot of stuff up on the video page at michaelgaither.com. There's also a a really kind of special video. I wrote a song about a coyote named Charlie who lives in Wyoming several years ago, and it was on my Starlight Drive-In Saturday Night album. Um, Charlie was adopted by a photographer named Shreve, and she photographs him and posts, posts photos every week. And it's just—it's a great story. I wrote a song about him and his best friend Chloe, who's a hound dog. Song's called Charlie and Chloe. Very creative. And I finally got a hold of Shreve, and I was able to get her permission to use Charlie and Chloe photographs. So there's a wonderful—the song's really good. I'll say that. I love—I love the song, but. The photos are just beautiful, and there's photos of Charlie and Chloe for four and a half minutes with the song playing in the background. And if you go to, again, my site, or you go to YouTube, or you just Google Charlie and Chloe, you have to Google Charlie and Chloe with the name Gaither after it, or Coyote, because if you just Google Charlie and Chloe, you get these videos of this young couple in Britain, and I'm sure they're very nice people, but they're not the coyote and the hound dog that you want to see. But in a, in a matter of, of, I think it's been up for about a week, and it's got almost 800 hits. He's got a lot of fans. So that's up. And what's also new is um, I finally have some video of me and my friend Steve Kritzer. We've been playing as a duo for a while. And we've got some live video on a page on my site. If you go to michaelgaither.com and you hover over contact and booking, 
there's a page for Michael Gaither and Steve Kritzner. We have videos, a little description of what we do. And if you'd like to book us for a house concert or can recommend a venue or just want to watch some really nice video that we finally were able to capture, uh, go to michaelgaither.com, look over to contact and booking, and then um, check out the page of me and Steve. It's really kind of cool. I'm really happy with it. One simple little page that took about eight months to get the content together for. But that's how those things work, and it's great when they come together. But back on the podcast, what we're going to do is something I don't do a whole lot of, which was a rerun. I'm going to do a rerun podcast of somebody very special. Uh, the reason for that is I had a really cool Skype interview set up with a songwriter named Joy Ike, who lives back east and publishes a really great musician's blog called Grassrootsy. And Skype wasn't cooperating. I couldn't get it to record like my level and the phone level, you know, the incoming signal at the right volume. And I really want to talk to Joy. She's a great songwriter, um, just a wonderful soul, and does a lot of work for other musicians with this blog that she does. But I wanted it to sound good, so we postponed it. In the meantime, April ran out, and I thought, what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, why don't I go back and have you all listen to one of my most favorite interviews ever, which is what we're going to do. We're going to go back in time about five years. So if you haven't been with the podcast that long, this will be new to you. We're going to talk to Mary Gaucher. She's going to talk about songwriting, creativity, and the craft, and how hard you have to work at it. I had a private audience with her at Don Quixote's before a show five years ago, and it's really cool. So with that, here's Mary Gaucher. I hated high school I prayed it would end The jocks and their girls It was their world I didn't fit in Mama said, baby It's the best school money can buy Be strong, hold your head up Come on, Mary, try I stole Mama's car on a Sunday I left home for good I moved in with some friends In the city, in a bad neighborhood Charles was a dancer He loved the ballet And Kimmy sold pot and red Travels 
numbers are moving, and it's got batteries as a good sign. Cool. Dad, you're yeah. a pro. This is as pro as I get. Some people go, well, you'll cut this out. I go, no, I don't edit. This is a conversation. I'll interview. Oh, so. <laughs> but I can cut anything out if you want. I think I'll leave it to your professional discretion. Okay. I'm using I won't professional say, in quotes. I won't say anything <laughs> that I don't want people to know. Good. Okay. Well, nice to see you again. I think it was K-Pig last time. That's right. Earlier this year. And John stopped calling me Michael Gaucher funny, which I was kind of disappointed because, you know, I was like, it was a nice mistake. Not really, but maybe we're cousins, but if not, it's a nice mispronunciation of my name, you know? Well, so John probably does it just to be John. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Well, that's from Arkansas, so I don't know if the connection there or not, but... And you're from Louisiana originally? Yeah, I was born in New Orleans, but uh -huh. I, I have no relationship with that name at all. It's such a disconnect, it's ridiculous. I was adopted. Right. So first of all, that's a huge disconnect with that name. It has nothing really to do with me, except yeah. for the... The man who was married to the woman who adopted me mm -hmm. um, had that name, but my adopted dad never met his dad, who gave him the name Gaucher. Okay. So it, I'm just so disconnected from it. It's it's a god awful stage name. It has no meaning. I should have changed it. Long you spent ago. half your show just explaining how to pronounce it to people. To, to explaining yeah. a name that means nothing. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And now you're kind of stuck with it because it's your name. It's too late to change it. Yeah. If I'd have only known. <laughs> yeah. It's a common name in Louisiana. Oh, okay. Everybody knows yeah. the name in Louisiana, but you just cross over the Mississippi onto the. Actually, that's not true. There's a Gaucher, Mississippi. There's a small town in Mississippi oh, okay. called Gaucher, Mississippi. There's a so Gaucher in Arkansas somewhere. I have to look that up now. It might be. Might be. Might be. It's not that far away. One thing I wanted to say is I, I, I like the fact that you give hope to late bloomers like me who started playing the guitar after they were 30 and didn't start. I didn't start writing songs till about nine years ago. So you picked up this whole thing. Kind of as a not as your first career, you were a chef. Yeah, I'm a trained chef. I went yeah. to culinary school. I uh, uh, had at several restaurant, uh, uh, different themed restaurants in Boston mm -hmm. with uh, different investors trying to make a go of it. I mm -hmm. did pretty well with one, a, a, a Cajun slash soul food restaurant. Mm. Had ten years uh, behind the stove there. Now I'm hungry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and basically. Uh, my, my approach is this. I don't think that you need to be a great guitar player to be a great songwriter. Thank you. I think yeah. great guitar players are, are musicians. Mm -hmm. I don't call myself a musician as much as I call myself a songwriter. Okay. You know, Tanya, who travels with me, Tanya Elizabeth, is, mm -hmm. she's, been, she's been playing violin since she was three. Wow. She is a musician. Mm -hmm. she can, it doesn't matter what key I start a song in, she's there. Yeah, you know she knows. Those her people are amazing. Instrument, yeah, yeah musicians. Yeah. I have the utmost respect for them, and I wouldn't make light of them by calling myself one. Hmm. I'm a songwriter, and to me, the songs are what I am about, and uh, I don't complicate it with a lot of uh, inversions and jazz chords. I don't understand all that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking for a song with maybe four chords in it, three or four chords. Mm -hmm. And a, a chorus that repeats, and ultimately, what I'm trying to do is get to some kind of a human uh, truth, mm -hmm. uh, and that is what a song is to me. And I think that uh, the music is important because uh, speaking the truth is not as powerful as singing it. Mm -hmm. So the melody helps to to create meaning. Mm -hmm. and, and plus, when you when you infuse the lyrics with melody, and especially when you get into a repeating chorus, it, it carries with people. It, and it resonates. resonates. People take it with them. Yep. They remember it. That's yeah. the beauty of the melody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I wouldn't. I think, um, you know, some people speak through their playing. You speak through your lyrics. There that's, we go. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my yeah. friend Elisa, who I, who's been on this show before, said you, you just you you work on what you're drawn to. Some people are drawn to lyrics. Some people are drawn to their playing. You yeah. yeah we all have different roles. Yeah. Learning what our role is is such an important part of figuring out how to be happy. Yeah. You know, we're born to do things. You know, mm -hmm. I was born to write songs and. While I was pretty good at restaurants, um, I wasn't happy. Okay. I was successful yeah. in, in, in a worldly way, uh -huh. but the success itself didn't make me happy. I, uh -huh. What's made me happy is creating. I, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and what uh -huh. I like to do is create something out of nothing. Uh -huh. Most of the joy of the restaurant disappeared for me after it was created. Mm. You know, once it, once, it, once, once it was up and running and working, it's boring. Yeah, yeah. Maintenance is not my thing. Creation <laughs> is. I my like thing. that. I like that. And songwriting is a lifetime challenge because as soon as I finish one, th then I've got an empty page again. Uh huh. And that is terrible. And the only cliche is you're good as your last song, or you're as good as the last song you kept. Yeah, and probably with the I had a, I had a thought and it went away. Um, the thing with the restaurant is probably when you're starting out, it's probably like in a startup phase. You know, you're trying to get the idea the the, yeah, you're trying the, to come up with a concept that's right. going to resonate with people so that they're going to line and up the financing, to come everything that makes it work and the clientele and people that come back and I think with songwriting it's almost for me maybe this is the same way with a lot of people is you're almost constantly in a startup phase because whenever I finish a song it's like wow okay and then I start something else and I'll like now that sounds like my other song and then you're constantly like starting over so maybe that's the joy of songwriting for yeah. you yeah you're creating something out of nothing yeah. always yeah. which is what I love and what, what, what is what frustrates me the, the most because it is so mm -hmm. unbelievably difficult mm -hmm. it's really really hard yeah and I love it for that and, and yet it's a challenge boy it frustrates me sometimes uh -huh. and I, you know it's been months since I've written a song I finish a record and I don't even think about songwriting for about a year. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, I, I made up these 10 songs, I made a record, I'm traveling with this record, I am not doing this for a while. And it's probably good to break from it for a while because otherwise you, you're always in that kind of like, I gotta find a song mode and then I think a little space is probably good. It works for me. Yeah. And then I get panicky, like, uh oh, that record's about done. You know, the music industry is constantly harping on whatever's new. Right. And uh, so a record's old in, in a year. Uh -huh. you know, in two years, it's over. Yeah. And you gotta have another one, or the media goes away, the radio goes away, and, and you've got uh, a black hole again. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, it's like a website, it's constantly screaming, feed me, mm -hmm. feed me, feed me. Where's my me. new content? Where's my new content? Yeah. yeah, as soon as you post it, it's old. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. it's yesterday's content as soon as the sun goes down. And, and so, you know, that, that monster is a real driver. It's a slave driver. Uh, but yet, I, I'm in love with it too. Mm -hmm. It's a love-hate relationship. It is. Well, it's when you get one, you're like, well, I can still do this. But the joke with me at home is when I, when I finish a song that's good and it's it's a keeper, it's a playable one. I'll tell my wife, I can still write songs. She's like, yeah, whatever. Just go off and be all insecure and then come back with something else, you know. So yeah, it's you're right. It's, it's, it's you have to keep feeding the monster, and but it's a, it's we love that monster. Yep. Yeah. What else? You know what else would I do? I just uh, I have a, a passionate relationship with uh, with creation. Uh huh. Yeah. So how did you turn from restaurateur to songwriter? What happened? Well, I got sober. Okay. Interestingly enough, July thirteenth, nineteen ninety, and here we are, July thirteenth, Congratulations. That's right. Really? Twenty years. You got me on my twentieth. Wow. This is a special day. It's a special day in a lot of ways, and on the other hand, it's just another day. Yeah. You know, I'm not supposed to be counting. If I were well and fully recovered, I wouldn't be counting, right. but I do count. Yeah. 
and I do take pride in it, and that's probably not a good thing because pride has been the downfall of many an alcoholic mm. and ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a talk show waiting to happen. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch out for that. I, it's dangerous. So tomorrow's it's the 13th and one day, but it's just another day. It really mm. should be. Well, can one I say congratulations on that? Absolutely. That's a huge freaking deal. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a miracle beyond miracles. Anytime a drunk stays sober for a day, yeah. much less two days, you know, a week, a year, mm-hmm. 20 years, it's unbelievable. But, but yet, you know, they always say when you go to the meetings, whoever got up earliest has the most sobriety today. And <laughs> you got to kind of look at it like that. Yeah. You know, if you get big headed about it and start to think that you got it licked, it's got you. Because uh-huh. you never have it licked. Uh-uh. It's, it not, check. it's not curable. Yeah. Uh-uh. You get remission and a reprieve. You don't get a cure for this mm-hmm. one. So, but I feel great today. We went to the beach and sat you there and watched the kids. Yeah, we watched. There's all these little seven-year-olds at surf school on the beach out oh, there. Fun. And uh, you took the great weekend because it was like socked in with fog last week. And I know. Now it's, now it's perfect. It's like the summer's back. It broke this morning almost. Yeah. I think it broke this morning. We'll have a week of summer in Santa Cruz, then it'll be foggy again. Yeah. But you came on the right week. <laughs> well, I'm happy today. It's yeah. a beautiful day. Yeah. It is. Very cool. So you got into songwriting. Got sober, and the muse started visiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the muse started visiting, and I started hearing melodies and lyrics in it's my head. It's great when she comes by. I always wanted to to have her in my life, but I yeah. didn't realize that my addictions were blocking her. Okay. Um, I couldn't write when I was drinking and getting high. Mm-hmm. And I'd try, I'd try, I'd try, like a mad scientist, to line up the exact right concoction so mm-hmm. that I would write the great song. Yeah. And I just couldn't. I would yeah. just get frustrated. I didn't understand what I was doing. I was a mess of a human being, and it was hopeless. I couldn't do it. And uh, oddly, most most musicians are just the opposite. It opens them up. I was going to say, this is kind of the, the opposite of what you hear from most musicians. Yeah. I can't get sober. I won't be able to create or write anymore or play. There you go. I'm an inverted Kerouac. Yeah. I'm doing it backwards. <laughs> I couldn't do it Yeah, but it's drunk. working, so don't fix you know, yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with it. I couldn't yeah. do it drunk, and I couldn't do it high. Yeah. It wasn't. I don't write. I write from a place that is just outside of my reach. Mm-hmm. And I have to focus and focus and focus and focus to get to it. Yeah. And I couldn't do that with a you know a blurring machine mm-hmm. in my consciousness, which was active addiction. I got sober and I started writing, and the mm-hmm. song started coming. Okay. And I played at open mics. I took songwriting workshops, and eventually uh, started getting gigs. Mm-hmm. I made a CD, made another CD, uh, moved to Nashville, and really uh, uh, began to take it seriously. Sold the restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, here we are. Wow. Yeah, nice. And I think when I, I think when I first heard the line, I hated high school, which is the first thing I heard from you on K-Pig years ago, I thought, this is one of my new favorite songwriters. <laughs> and then when I heard the rest of the song, Drag Queens and Limousines, I thought, this is someone who's going to tell us sto- stories we never hear. And that's kind of what you do in a, in a big way. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, my, 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 uh, my niche is to tell stories from perspectives uh, that don't usually get microphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like I like talking from uh, the perspective of a woman on death row, mm-hmm. or a hobo, or a, 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 a HIV positive man whose friends are dying and he doesn't know what he's going to do, or uh, you know, the kid who hated high school and, and mm-hmm. left and ran away ended yeah. up being raised by drag queens mm-hmm. out there. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's so many characters that uh, that that interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Waits does this kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say. But he's yeah. doing it from a different viewpoint. Yeah. I have a, I have a different, I, I'm coming from a very similar place, but a different viewpoint. Right. Well, a, a lot of your songs seem to be really first person, too. 
Yeah. yeah. Even if they aren't about me. Right. I've right. never been a gay man with AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> but I know enough about it. Yeah. I'm close enough to people who have lived that life mm -hmm. to be able to speak of, of it. Find the truth in it. And, find, the, find the thing that needs to be said is yeah. what I try to do. Yeah. Find yeah. the thing that needs to be said. That's a good title for this episode. Yeah. Find the thing that needs to be said. Uh, what are your, do you have any, like you were saying you haven't written in a couple of months. Do you have sort of, I know some people sit down and they write every day. God bless them. But do you just kind of wait for inspiration? Do you keep notepads handy? What's sort of your practice? Well, or you just kind of wait for the muse to like decide it's your turn. My newest practice uh -huh. is I have a uh, a notepad on my iPhone, and when I think of stuff, I just throw it on the notepad, and then I fill up a couple of notepads and mm -hmm. then put it on my desk, my laptop, mm -hmm. and it eventually ends up on my desktop in this huge pile of ideas. Mm -hmm. And one day I'll unravel it. Yeah. When I'm when I'm in that frame of mind, but I just collect and collect and collect. Yeah. I dream ideas too. Like, it, it's it's never clear where it's going to come from. But I write down bits and pieces mm -hmm. and ideas. That's what I do. I think a lot of people do. Just when I tell people that I, I talk to people that are just starting out, what do I do? I said, write down everything. You won't use ninety eight percent of it, but if you keep that channel, I think for me it's keeping that channel open. And maybe it's I don't know if it's similar for you or not. I think it's looking at the world through the eyes of a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Every day I'm a writer. Even if I'm not writing, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. And I am looking at the world through those eyes, looking for uh, uh, images, phrases. You know, there's things people say in conversation that are... Eavesdropping is a great way to, uh, yeah, to be yeah, inspired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, my friend wrote a song about the, the flood in Nashville, and she ended up calling it, uh, and everything was good. Huh. In the end, everything, yeah. you know, and, and, and you hear, you're, I, now I hear people everywhere going, oh, it's okay, everything's good. Right. Well, that's what you got it. Mm -hmm. That's what songwriters do. They tap into whatever the phrasing, uh, uh, the current phrasing people are using in everyday language. Mm -hmm. It spreads like wildfire, and we have these phrases we all use, and songwriters use those for, for you know, all the time for, for titles. Right, and you wrap a melody around it, and it catches in people's heads. It's already in people's heads. Yep. So you just you just kind of go into a place and, and steer it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the new record, The Foundling, talk about that a little bit. Um, Foundling is an autobiographical-ish mm -hmm. story um, uh, that is wrapped around a kid born in New Orleans in 62 mm -hmm. to an unmarried woman. Uh, and uh, the unmarried woman... Uh, decided to uh, put the kid up for adoption and uh, uh, the, the, the place that uh, uh, the kid was left at is called St. Vincent de Paul's mm -hmm. and it's right outside the French Quarter on Magazine Street in New Orleans and this is where I was put up for adoption mm -hmm. on the day I was born and so uh, but I'm not a foundling per se Found, mm -hmm. well foundling refers to unknown parentage okay. so in that sense I am a foundling mm -hmm. but literally I think a foundling it's not a commonly used word anymore but mm -mm. I think a foundling was a baby left on the side of the road or in a trash can or on a doorstep uh, okay. just an abandoned baby mm -hmm. um, I was technically not abandoned I was left in an orphanage in the care of people who were instructed to give me to a, a family that could raise me. Right, right. You know, in 62, unmarried women were not allowed to have kids. And, and well, if they did have kids, they were, they were, they were socially uh, uh, outcasted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a burden and, a, and a, it was a terrible... And it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long yeah. ago. It was a terrible place for a girl to find herself. Yeah. Terrible place. 
And so um, the story starts there and ends here, talking to you. It just goes on and on and on, this story. But I tried to capture some highlights of, of the story and explain in the songs, which came out in, in a song cycle, mm -hmm. like a little movie. You know, people are calling it a concept record, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it, is it that, that, has, that, uh, that can go back and forth, but... It, yeah, it, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, what I really have in mind is a movie. Uh -huh. a, 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 uh, uh, I was going to say, it almost like screams for the visual. Yeah, you want to yeah. see it, you know. Um, or a stage production or something, whatever, something, whatever, whatever theater fits piece, the work. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I got to find the artist that can collaborate with or uh -huh. who can write the screenplay, but... Um, um, the, you know, the kid who is me, who isn't me, but is me, mm -hmm. um, um, ends up in trouble and uh, with a lot of attachment problems, mm -hmm. uh, the inevitable attachment problems of the adoptee. Um, and, um, and yet, in the end, finds a way to, to, to find peace, to mm -hmm. find attachment, love, uh, a sense of family. Which is all anybody wants, no matter where they came yeah. from. Yeah. And there's the universal, the verse, the universality you're looking for in your work. Yeah, what I've discovered is that the, the orphan feeling is not unique to orphans. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably an archetype throughout literature because it's it's really just a metaphor for the human condition. Yeah, I think everybody feels like that at one point or another. Well, I think just the just the disconnectedness of it. I think that the, the only the only way I can even remotely relate is losing one parent, and even that is still something I deal with every day. And that's been 18 years. So I think. Maybe that piece of it is what people can relate to a little bit. Yeah, or are yeah. just people who who look at their parents and go, I can't believe I came from these people. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, I am yeah. a stranger here. Uh-huh. And... How the hell did this happen? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, how did this happen, and why do I feel so... Or the disconnected siblings, don't get me started there. Why do I yeah. feel so different yeah. than these people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for an adoptee, we are different. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel it. Yeah. But people who are are, are obviously uh, connected, they look just like their family, right. feel it. Yeah. So, you know, the story I thought was unique to me in a lot of ways, and I found it's not unique at all. Mm -hmm. Surprise, surprise. It's, 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 if you go deep enough into yourself, this I've learned as a songwriter, what you hit is a universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, past the I and the me is the we and the us. Yeah. And that's what we're aiming for as songwriters. Yeah. And when we get there, the people let us know it. Because mm -hmm. they tell us, they tell us, you wrote that song for me. That's my song. Mm -hmm. Then, yes, it's your song. Take it home with you. Yeah. It's yours. I want you to have it. I got no use for it. I want to give it away. It only means something to me if I can give it away. Mm hmm yeah. You know, it's like love. What good is it if I if I don't give it away? What, what the love What's that the I'm point? capable of is is. Well, is, but it's not really love. It's it's, it's theoretical. Yeah, yeah. This song is theoretical if people don't want to hear it. Yeah. So for this new record, you took a you took a, a story about an orphan that you can kind of relate to in a big way, and it became like this major universal theme. Yeah. That's what I tried for. Yeah, you know, that's I what I'm hoping for. Yeah, very cool. Um, any. Tips, advice on people that are maybe starting to write songs? I mean, you talked about waiting for the muse, keeping the notepad handy. Well, you know, I teach songwriting quite a bit. Yeah. And um, um, what most folks don't understand is that it's a uh, full-time job. It's a mm -hmm. serious craft. Uh, it takes 10 years to get good at it, like any other craft. You know, any of, yeah. the, any of the trades. You got 10 years as an apprentice. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not a journeyman until yeah. 10 years in. It takes a long time to get good at it. 
some prodigies come along like Dylan and make everybody think, oh. I can do that. I write Blowing in the Wind in yeah. a cab on the way to I'll the studio. I'll write a long song and be brilliant. Well, maybe not. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It just doesn't, it's just not the real world of songwriting. The real world of songwriting is sitting at a desk for 10, 12, 14 hours and maybe getting a line. Uh-huh. That's the real world. If you want to hold yourself to a high enough standard. Um, it's work. It's effortful. Uh-huh. It's uh, uh, consuming. It's all consuming. And uh, anything less than that, you're going to get an average or below average song. Mm-hmm. Every now and then one is inspired, but mostly the first hundred drafts are just begging for a rewrite. Right. And that's been my experience with songwriting, mm-hmm. is it's hard work. Right. I've kind of enjoyed, I enjoyed but appreciated taking a song that I finished that I thought really worked, and then going back and looking at how much paper I used up and how many iterations I went through to get to that final place, to get three or four paragraphs. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, it shouldn't yeah. even be called songwriting. It should yeah. be called song rewriting. <laughs> yeah, because it's never really finished. You got it's finished, but you got a long way to get there from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And and it's painful. I mean, you'd want it to be done after a couple of weeks. I want it to be done. I've been hammering on this thing and hammering on this thing. But if one line's, if I got a doubt in my mind that this one line is not exactly right, then the song's not done. Right. You know, I learned another thing I learned early on is that the enemy of the great is, is is not the not great; it's the good. The good is the enemy of the great. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you have to throw away a good line to have a great song. Yep. Save it for something else, but it's got to. Editing can really kill you sometimes, but you got to you got to. You got to do it. You got to sacrifice. Yep. Yep. If that line is is holding back the song, you got to be willing to splice it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, um, another thing that I think is important that songwriters should know is, is that um, we, we need to focus on things that uh, move us. Mm-hmm. We're all experts on certain things. Right. And uh, we have to move ourselves. I need to make myself cry. Or mm-hmm. give myself the chills mm-hmm. if I expect my song to do that for the audience. Yeah, and so that's a lot of work to get to that place where I'm giving myself the chills. Or that line, I'm just like, whoa, and tears come to my eyes. That's hard writing. That's yeah. hard work. But unless I get there, um, why would I anticipate that that song would be memorable to someone else? Right. If it doesn't move you. If it doesn't move me. It's not going to move them. Because you got to believe it. It's got to mean something to you. I believe in sticking to the truth, mm-hmm. and, but it's a paradox because you never let the truth get in the way of a good story either. It's it's a balancing act because I've I have older songs that I've written that, that were really good stories, but I just kind of made them up because I was working on songs and people like the songs, but they don't mean anything to me, you know. But then you find these songs that really do have truth in them, and they're a lot more powerful. They're a lot. Then they last. Yeah. They're timeless. Yeah. Truth doesn't change. That's why Shakespeare is always going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. Truth doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Human truths, the, the, the human nature truths are what people are looking to us for. Yep. And they don't even know it. You know, we have to, Our job is to tell people things they know, but they don't even know they know. And we point to things inside of them that they, they're not aware of, but, but it's already inside of them. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we're little ministers. Hmm. And I think the fans are a little flock or a congregation. Hmm. And it's a ministry of sorts. And uh, uh, it, it, I think it's a sacred and holy job, and I take it very, very seriously. Well, that's where a song like Mercy and Arrow comes into play, because that's 
to me that's one of the one of those perfect songs. You know, the first time I heard that, I was I was moved to tears. The first time I heard that, I still usually am. So you find those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sacred and holy job, and I have a bond of trust with my audience, and I don't break it by writing bullshit. I like that. Yeah. One, I just thought as we were, as we were talking, the entrepreneur in you. What do you think that brings to your life as a songwriter? Whether it's how you. I don't want to say. Maybe you're writing. Maybe what you do as a as a as a, as a profession. Now, what does your entrepreneur spirit bring to that? Do you think? Well, not much in the creative side. No. It, it, I try to keep it out of there, but I think it helps me in the business side mm -hmm. a lot. Because you have to be pragmatic about this. Well, I'm trying point. to yeah. make a living at it, so yeah. um, I do have some business skills, and and I think uh, ultimately that being in business is about being. Uh, connected to people in a way that that makes them want to help you mm -hmm. and and creates uh, uh, a win-win situation for them and you and a lot of musicians get confused about that and and don't quite understand the business side and they just they just they just push it away right. because it's it's overwhelming and scary right. but I know from or the they want to separate themselves from what you really don't want to do completely yeah. it's just conf it's confounding to most artists yeah. Um, but if, 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 if I can make a win-win situation uh, when I'm dealing with people in the business end, then I think that's the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been about making a living, not a killing. Yeah. And finding a way to make people glad they hired me. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to do things like remember the sound man's name. I can't believe I came here and forgot his name. I try to And you asked me, and I forgot, and I know it. It's, it's, it's yeah. on my mailing list. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to remember things like that and thank him from the stage. Yeah. You know, I've sent thank you letters to promoters who have gone out of their way for me. I send them emails and see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. I check on how their businesses are doing because they're doing the hard work to keep us in business. Mm -hmm. They don't owe us nothing. Right. They're doing it out of a, a love of the music, and uh, and they're doing it to to maybe make a little money on the side. But ultimately, um, if I don't set up set it up so they can win when I win, then we all lose. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got you got to fight your agents on that. You got to fight management on that. You got a lot of people that get in the way of of things sometimes in this business. And 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 my name's on the marquee, so I got to make sure things are right. Mm -hmm. it, it lands on me. It's all under you. It lands on me. Yeah. And you know, it's like the I'm the president. I'm the boss of me. I'm the CEO of Mary Gaucher. Mm -hmm. And so the buck stops here. And mm -hmm. I've got to remember that. I can't just say, well, I'm sorry, my manager did. It's like yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. So that's, I think, what the entrepreneurial skills do. And also it helps me to, to know how business is run. Having run three restaurants, I, I know how business say, works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 And I know it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. All business is about relationships. Yep. Yep. So uh, I try to, try, to, try to treat people the way I want to be treated. It's just good old-fashioned politeness, really. It's just being nice to people in the golden rule, which isn't a bad way to live anything. Being respectful. Mm-hmm. And when people are a jerk, um, try not to return fire. Right. Because my fire, my gun shoots bigger. <laughs> yep. yep. People will remember that about me. And it'll cause, um, it, it'll cause fallout that I'm not even aware of. Mm. Because, because people are, are uh, my, the impression that people in the spotlight make is bigger. That's the whole thing about being in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. It's making a big impression. So one little outburst can go a long way to destroy a career. Right. 
And every everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Small world. It is. Yeah. I'm glad you came to our world today. Yeah, thank you. It was the great beach to be was here. nice. And um, I think that was it. Thanks. I really appreciate your time. Oh, this thanks for doing the podcast. You're putting putting work into helping songwriters. Thank you for that. That was really cool. I hadn't heard that interview in a long time. Once again, Mary Gaucher talking about songwriting and the craft and just how cool she is. Uh, her latest record, I forgot to mention earlier, this has been, because that was a few years ago, her latest record is called Trouble and Love. That She was touring for The Founding when I did that, and that was back in 2010, again, five years ago. But check out marygaucher.com, and I'll put the link for that on the podcast. And again, if you want to check out what I'm up to, michaelgather.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. I I perform. I have um, a little series I'm doing locally here, and uh, we're going to have Ray Bonneville in a couple of weeks. That's going to be cool. But you can find out, out about that at michaelgather.com. And this the Songs and Stories podcast, so if you go to the podcast page, you can subscribe, and you can also sign up on my monthly mailing list and find out all kinds of hopefully cool stuff. I, I think it's pretty cool. Some people do. But the podcast, the shows, and my own shows, which I'm filling up my summer with some really fun stuff with some really good friends. And uh, and, and and most of all, go to my site and check out the new page with me and Steve Kritzer and lots of new video. There's videos for uh, She's More Connected, She's My Superpower, one of Steve's songs that I played banjo on, Rain Fallen from a Blue Sky. And there's a couple of solo videos as well. When we perform as a duo, we have a often have a band behind us, but we'll take a couple of turns and play, I don't know, three or four songs by ourselves to kind of just break up the dynamic of the show and it's it's a lot of fun and it's also a lot of fun just playing with somebody as good as steve kritzer you know you play with people better than yourself and hopefully you play better as well that's kind of my working theory so it's it's a lot of fun doing these shows um i'm gonna be actually i don't know if anybody's on your shot of this but i'm gonna be in stanley idaho next week i'm gonna go to a a little semi-private songwriting uh, kind of getaway workshop retreat do a little house concert for the local school at the end of the week and I'm going to come back with something uh, maybe a few songs maybe some audio for a podcast I don't really know it's at a friend's house and it's uh, six songwriters kind of hanging out working on their own stuff but I'm going to take my recorder and come back with something so you might hear that here on Songs and Stories and again, you can find it at michaelgather.com and iTunes. You can also hear this on Grateful Dread Radio Nashville and Casey Cafe Radio on the Internet um, every weekend as a regular show. So thank you to those wonderful radio stations. Uh, once again, thank you for your time, for listening, for downloading these, for supporting these artists. I'm Michael Gaither. We'll talk to you next time on Songs and Stories. Take care.